Hi everyone, you're here with the second season of Floater Founder. I'm your host, Samantha Lloyd, here as always with my co-host, Liza and Casey. Hello everyone. And today we are interviewing Ryan Shupak. He's the co-founder and CEO of Jiffy. So thank you so much for joining us virtually today. Thanks for having me on. Um, so tell us first, what is Jiffy? So Jiffy is the fastest and easiest way to take care of your house. It's a marketplace that allows homeowners to get small jobs done around the house really quickly without the headache of trying to find, schedule, uh, and negotiate with pros. And for the pros, it allows them to do more jobs every day. So if you're a plumber, you might spend half your day chasing lukewarm leads or driving across the city. With Jiffy, the idea is you spend more time uh, doing the work you get paid for. And so you're able to do more jobs every day, allowing us to deliver faster, more reliable, and ultimately better valued service for homeowners while powering home service professionals to make more money. Cool. Yeah, that, that's really great. And can you talk a little bit about how you built up the marketplace? Because it can be a chicken and egg problem a lot of times. So how did you go about building both the uh, contractors and also the homeowners in the marketplace at the same time? Yeah, what's really nice about our marketplace that's a little bit different than a lot of uh, the other ones that pop up is that the supply side, so the pros or the home service contractors, they're already doing the work that we're asking them to do. So if you think about um, you know, Uber, for example, when they first started out with Uber Taxi, it was easy to get taxi drivers to drive around with a app that gave them a fare if they, if they were available because they were already driving around looking for fares. That's the same as you know, a plumber, an electrician. These aren't gig workers. These are you know, licensed, insured companies who are in the business of being plumbers, electricians, roofers, whatever it may be. And so when we go to them and say, hey, do you want to be on this platform that we're building? Uh, you know, it doesn't cost you anything to be on. We'll just have to you know, vet you and do a background check and all that. But there's no cost to be on. And you just continue about your day. And when you see a job pop up, if you want it, take it. If you don't, then ignore it. Um, that's a much easier supply side of a marketplace to build than if we tried to convince you or I to go you know, pick up a hammer and be a handyman or a handy person uh, you know, over the weekend. Um, that, that's a, that requires demand to be there to compel somebody to do it. On, on our side, you, know, you could just sign people up while we were building the technology. This is how we did it. But about five years ago, we would drive around with a PDF on an iPad and just convince you know, heating contractors or plumbers or electricians to, to, to sign up. And then we told them you know, demand would come soon. And that was fine with them. That's really interesting. So you mentioned like uh, in the early days, that's how you went around um, getting signups. Can you talk more about how you started it in the early days and how you scaled the platform? Sure. So um, I was an investment banker for three years and I bought my first house in, I guess, the beginning of 2014. And uh, but a year in, it was obvious that it was a huge pain to find folks for these small jobs. And so I reconnected with uh, my current co-founder, Paul, um, who was an old friend of mine who sold his business and was finishing up his earnout, And he had the idea, uh, you know, that it was much, there must be a much easier way to find a, a contractor for these small jobs. And so him and, and actually his brother-in-law, who is my third co-founder, were going to start Jiffy um, sort of you know, with or without me. And I thought it was a great idea. I was looking for something to do after investment banking. And this was a better idea than anything I had. So I decided to join them. And so at the very beginning, it would have been sort of end of March 2015, we hired who's now our CTO, Mike. He started building the, the app and the website while we went out there and just tried to find 
um, service professionals so that, you know, once demand, once the build, once the product was built, we'd be able to, um, you know, go to market and, and get jobs done. So the very beginning, you know, building the product on one side and within six weeks. So I think it was right around now, the end of May of 2015, we, we, we had our first jobs in and then it was kind of friends and family. My sister used to kind of troll all the mom groups on Facebook. Anyone who asked for recommendations, she would be there recommending Jiffy and hunting people down on private messages to, to, to compel them to use us. And, um, you know, it was, it was things like that just to get those first few homeowners to use it. And, and then, you know, eventually turning on kind of our, our growth marketing uh, tactics. That's great. I love that. Yeah, that's really cool. I really love hearing about uh, the, the very, very first users that <clears throat> that a company got. Uh, can you talk a, a little bit more about some of the uh, kind of tactics that, that you use? Where did you find these? Uh, you talked about the Facebook groups, but were there any other places where you got the very, very early stage um, users? Uh, and then afterwards, they could sh they, you do a proof of concept, and then you could show other users that hey, look, these users used it, and they were happy. But before that, at the very, very beginning, how, how did you go? How did you go about it and kind of recruit these uh, champion users? Yeah, so uh, we were fortunate. We were sort of three co-founders who all owned our own homes, had friends and family who were about the same age of us, but actually three different sort of ages. So we had a pretty broad um, set of folks who we could just go to email um, and and blast and, and share on Facebook and just convince them to try it. And whether it was, you know, easy services to market, like getting your windows clean that everybody needs at the same time when it, when the weather turns nice, uh, or more urgent services that are, you know, often more stressful, but harder to know when somebody needs them. For example, your fridge breaks, you know, you're one in a hundred or one in a thousand people whose fridge broke today. So that's a hard marketing messages, message to hit proactively. Um, whereas if I just say, hey, you know, you you need to get your barbecue cleaned, use Jiffy, try it out. It's pretty risk-free. You know, the person's not even coming to, into your house. And so uh, we were able to convince people, sort of friends and family, just by brute strength to, uh, to get them to use us at the beginning. And then um, we found little tactics to get people to share it. it. It wouldn't be helpful if I went around and said, hey, two other, you know, 200 people like it, you should like it too. You need those 200 people to actually tell their friends to use it. And so um, things like yard signs. So if you're ever driving, you know, through Toronto, you'll often see Jiffy lawn signs in, in people's lawns. That's, that was really helpful from day one. And one of the first tactics we use that we still use, we sort of had a digital version of that. So we asked people after they book their job, if they want to save 15 bucks on that job, then just post on Facebook that they're using Jiffy for a particular job. And it doesn't actually require the standard give and get, you know, someone else doesn't have to book a job with that code or anything in order for you to get paid. And that was important for us because the jobs are, are much less frequent than say Uber or, or a meal or something like that. So uh, by just paying people to share without actually getting a an obvious tangible benefit for us right away, it was a, a compelling way to spread the word. Um, and that was really helpful at the beginning. We, we, we tried, you know, probably, every every marketing channel five times over and made a ton of mistakes but uh it, in the end it always comes down to either finding ways to make the people who use it love it so they share it and just arm them with a mechanism to do it that makes sense um and then you know eventually some of the bigger media channels that we use just sort of struck and, and we've tried to optimize those as we scale those up that's some really great advice for our founders in the early days with their first users um, so tell me, how did you and your co-founders kind of decide who would take on what roles within the company? 
it's a great question. So uh, Paul and I met at McGill. He started a ski trip company, uh, I guess, in his second year when I was in first year, just taking folks from McGill up to uh, Tremblant for a ski trip because in first year, the residences would organize the trip for you. But in second, third, and fourth year, you didn't have a ski trip. So it was a nice void in the market. Um, and he started that business. And, and I, I sort of was one of the first sales folks to, to, to join him and pretty much just got my friends to, to sign up for the trip. And then eventually him and his partner built that business and, and continued building it for seven years after they graduated. And so him and I got, got to know each other pretty well. Uh, we stayed in touch after um after, after the uh, campus vacations days were done and um and, and we decided you know him his his brother-in-law jamie and myself would start the company um jamie was was a bit older <laughs> kill me for saying it like that but he had sold a business earlier and so he had a, a bit more sort of let's say executive experience um and so at the beginning he was really helpful and uh sort of setting up the company, dealing with lawyers, uh, had a great network of friends and family to, to help us uh, get our first bit of funding. Um, and then Paul and I, I think we sort of thought, you know, coming from investment banking, I'd be more on the analytics side. Um, so figuring out how many trades did we need in each category? How would the kind of um, <clears throat> the business equation flush out? So how, many, how much would it cost us to get homeowners? How often would they come back? Um, and what it would take to kind of build a, a big business? And pretty quickly, Paul sort of took over the pro side of the marketplace and, and I took over the, the homeowner side of the marketplace, which was, you know, growth, marketing, and I guess product um, sort of reporting to me. And we, we have continued even through, um, through these times working remotely to just be really close to each other on everything. And so um, while we sort of have definitive authority on half, on, you know, half, half the business each, um, we we work closely together and, and really trust each other's instincts and, and obviously we're completely aligned and so even if there's a bit of friction on a particular decision we know we both want the same thing in the end and so that's been helpful for us to uh to make hard decisions and 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 be right a couple times that's great yeah that, that's really cool um and throughout the life of the business what what is one of the biggest challenges that you face and overcome and also, what is one of the most fulfilling moments in running your business? Yeah, I think um, probably two answers for the most challenging. One is to quit and start start a, start a company. Um, you know, a ton of founders or would-be founders have an idea, um, you know, have a dream or whatever. And uh, it's hard to, to kind of quit a job that you get a salary from and go and start a company where you don't. Um, and so, you know, that's definitely, you know, the hardest thing to do. And, um, you know, I'm just glad I did it. I trusted the partners I was, you know, entering business with, and, and I had a lot of faith in, in the market, the solution, um, and the timing. And so, you know, I haven't looked back at that with regret yet, at least. Um, and I think that was probably the hardest decision, maybe a cop out because I hadn't started the company yet. Um, and then, and then I think the second one is, is probably fast forward to, you know, last couple of months. You know, we've had to make some some tough decisions for the business to make sure that you know we put ourselves in a position to um, you know to, to survive and thrive um, through through this COVID period and and, and after and um, sort of adjust our um, our business plan to the sort of prevailing um, capital market sort of appetite. So what what are investors willing to fund? Is it expansion or is it trying to get you know closer to profitability? And 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 we've been able to. You know, keep a really close eye on that and, and, and make the decision 
decisions we've had to to keep the business um, you know in, in great shape. When when we when we ordered the first drop, so we had my, my wife and I were gifted the chandelier and it was sitting in a box for like a month or something like that. And I was just like, you know, we have an electrician on our platform. Why don't we just try to get it hung up? And so I go on the website, I order it, didn't give an electrician a heads up or anything like that. And within ten minutes, the electrician accepts the job and says, you know, Joe's going to be at your house in an hour. I'm like, I better get home I'm at the office. And uh, it was pretty wild that something so simple and that was, you know, literally happened on day one was like the exact magic moment we tried to replicate where it's like, you've got this thing, it's on your list, you just have to get done and you just don't feel like dealing with all the friction and there's no reason for there to be friction. So um, having that first aha moment as a customer was pretty cool. And, and then I think, you know, a second proudest moment um, on the on the uh, service professional side of the business we weren't we weren't plumbers electricians we didn't really know uh, how valuable our marketplace would be for them and I think it was probably two or three years into the business when uh, one of the pros came to us and said you know normally my back my bank is hounding me for overdraft and all this and all of a sudden since Jiffy and since they see how much money is coming through the system and how much money I'm making they're, they're after me on sales calls, trying to get me to sign up for a line of credit and, and give money away to me because of how much my business is growing. And that was a really cool, um, a, a really cool moment. I think sort of the gig economy gets a bit of a bad rap and, and maybe it's warranted, uh, but we're certainly not the gig economy. We think of ourselves a bit more like Shopify, but for, for home service professionals where we're just enabling these uh, plumbers, electricians, gas technicians, whatever it is to be the best pros possible and to be, you know, a, a pro who's using Jiffy to build their business is going to be, you know, much bigger and better than a pro who's not. And and seeing that come to fruition was, was really cool for us. And you mentioned that you were all homeowners. So do you think that it was a benefit that all of you were kind of your ideal customer? Or do you think that that caused like a lot of like feature creep and things like that in your product? No, I think it was huge for us. And one of the reasons why why we think that our business is actually funded, founded and built in Toronto, as opposed to you know so many other marketplaces that have come out of whether it's Silicon Valley or New York, even London, like, um, you know, Handy had, had big operations there was those were built in business. Those businesses were built in markets where you know thirty-year-olds didn't own homes, um, where you know you lived in an apartment for much longer, and so the pain points and and the services really weren't aligned with you know middle America or middle North America, where um, you know it's a little bit easier to own a home than in like New York or San Francisco. I know obviously Toronto is a, a really expensive city, but um, compared to those sort of global markets where often these businesses were being founded, uh, we, we found that, uh, you know, those weren't the real problems that homeowners faced. Those were problems that people who rented in an apartment faced, which could build the business for those folks, but not for homeowners. And so uh, the fact that we are homeowners, I think was really helpful and allowed us to sort of pass the smell test, you know, would you want a plumber who you can't choose, who Jiffy's just going to send to, um, you know, come into your house without having spoken to them first? or picked them and quickly we realized yeah because jiffy's vetting them and there's all these jobs that they've taken and they're going to treat jiffy jobs really seriously because of they want to continue taking more jobs and because we were homeowners we could sort of evaluate whether those were things that another homeowner would be willing to do as or were those just you know big leaps that we were asking you know a group that we had no 
um, you know, no, no connection to. Cool. And uh, for, for my last question, uh, can you tell me something about yourself that's not on your LinkedIn page? Probably my other full-time job. So husband and dad to two little kids. <laughs> so that's uh, that takes up, you know, probably at least half my time. Um, I think that's been, uh, you know, one of the fun parts about the last five years. I quit my job and had a kid about six months later and, and now a second. So it's been uh, it's been quite a fun ride. Yeah, that's awesome. Amazing. Yay. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us today. It was really great getting to learn more about Jiffy. And yeah, so thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It was great. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Floater Founder every week. We look forward to bringing you more content from more amazing people in our city. Until next time.